Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. 1 Samuel 24, we'll read from verse 1. Amen. The Bible says, Now it happened. Something good is going to happen to someone today. Say, when Saul had returned from following the Philistines, that he was told to him, saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. That's some rumor carriers. They just carry news all over the whole place. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel. Please note that. 3,000 chosen men from all over. It's like he went and picked the best of the best. There were snipers. There were well-trained, specially trained soldiers. He gathered them around just to seek this man. And his men, remember his men, 600 men we were told, to seek David and his men on the rocks of the white goat. So he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave and Saul went in to attend to his needs. Saul went in to attend to his needs. The scripture is amazing how he put some things. So I like um, for us to know that it's nice to be polite. No, this is a way to use a toilet. Now David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. The men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Hold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand. You may do to him as it seems good to you. Not something there. The man of David said to David. Now, we don't have the record of when God told David that. But some people will use God to package their ungodly counsel to you. There's no reference at all. But anyway, so David said, hmm, that sounds right. So David also, the Bible said he went and he arose and secretly cut off the corner of Saul's robe. That was not what they were expecting. He's talking about cutting off the robe. He says, stab the guy and let's finish this mission quickly. It happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut off Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master. Joe, whose master? He said, my master. The Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him. Seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David restrained, please know that, restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise. It means they wanted to rise against Saul. You have to remember many of these people came from Saul's camp. Disgruntled, upset, broke, bruised. And this is a good day for us to have our way back. And Saul got up from the cave completely unaware of what's going on around him. And he went his way. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you because you are a God of love. We thank you because you are Lord, our shield, our protector. Thank you because even from things we don't know, you are shielding us from it. We thank you because of your word which you have prepared for us today. So Lord, as we sit at your feet today, open our eyes to see. Open our hearts to understand. 
grant us grace for obedience. That we may do those things which have been spoken concerning us. That we may become what we have called us to be. Thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice this morning. And those who will hear hereafter. I pray, Lord, that there will be performance of your prophetic word. And Lord, that none of us will break the hedge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was getting ready for this message, I kind of um, remember some wonderful moments that I watch children and um, watching children when they're doing hide and seek. It's always fun. Particularly the younger ones. Uh, mostly because they are restricted to spaces that they have within the house. It's interesting to see how they choose, choose to hide. Sometimes they hide in the cloakrooms, behind the coffee tables, behind the settees, behind their moms and dads. And um, that seems fun so far. But what is interesting is when the one hiding gets tired of not being found. I now shout out, I am here in the sitting room. And the adults who have been playing along, feels, they feel betrayed. It's like, now you thought us a liar. The title of my message this morning is, Hidden People Don't Blow Their Own Cover. Hidden People Don't Blow Their Own Cover. See, long before the enemy conceived or can even hatch the plan to do you evil, God had already prepared a way of escape for you. Just believe that. Long before it comes into his mind, there is an unbreachable protection that God has put in place. But many times, many of us don't even know it. We don't believe it. We still feel that we are alive, we are strong because we were smart. God can create a wave to trouble the enemy. And to trouble the enemy's camp, he can send a rumor to the enemy's camp ahead before you arrive on the scene. Because it's going to bring you past, so the enemy is preoccupied before you get there. That's how far God can do stuff. The Bible tells us in Psalm 91 verse 4, He said, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings he shall, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Please note that. His truth. His truth. Now question is, do you know his truth? His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. There's no point in expecting the protection of God when you're not holding on to his truth. His truth. The Bible said in Psalm 121 verse 4, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall, I love this, shall neither slumber nor sleep. God is not a God who is unaware of where you are. He knows what's going on at any time. Do you know that the whole Vashti rebellion and um, the removal of Vashti was divinely orchestrated? Vashti, that was the subject we did dealt with last year, so I don't want to go there. Vashti, the queen that felt she was busy. She won't come to the king. And um, God sent 
God orchestrated this uh, beauty con uh, uh, pungent. And then, uh, what was it? Esther was chosen as a queen. Why did God do that? God knew ahead. There's going to be a Haman that's going to try to annihilate his people at a point. So God actually hid in plain sight the deliverer of Israel. You're not hearing me this morning. God put in the palace the very one that he will use much, much later. Before he came into the mind of Haman that I'm going to do this evil stuff. Let's just to remind us. Let me just show the story. Esther chapter 7, verse 1. So the king and Haman. Now this is a second day because I'm just jumping into the story because of our time. So here at this point now, Esther was queen. And Esther had invited the king to come into her home palace because she wanted to tell the king something. But she said to the king, you know, why you come and come with Haman? And Haman felt really cool. Now by this time, Haman had put in place a plan to wipe out Israel or the Hebrew people in the country. So they had a, the, the dinner the first day. Everything was fine. And Haman went home and he was bragging to his wife and all his friends. So now the second day, they were at dinner. So we joined them. So the king and Haman went to dine with Queen Esther. And on the second day, at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, No, you are going to too much trouble, my darling. All this food, all this care. What exactly is your petition? It shall be granted to you. What is your request? If I up to half of my kingdom, and I can see Haman nodding. Yes. <laughs> Who won't give a beautiful woman like you anything you want? Yes. And he was having another bite at the grilled chicken. Very nice table prepared before him. And having a sip at his wine. Looking at the queen. One of the best in the land. I bet she's from this particular tribe. He was thinking in his mind. Because who would have known? Before him is a Hebrew woman. And so the queen said to, in verse 3, said to the king, My lord, if I have found favor in your sight, O king, if it pleases the king, let my life be given to me at my petition. And unless you don't know what a woman will do with her power, because at this point, she came well-dressed, beautiful, and put her hair to the back, and trying to show the king what the king is about to lose. And said to the king, If I found favor in your sight, O king, if it pleases the king, let my life be granted to me at my petition and my people, my request. For we've been sold. We've been sold. I'm in verse 4 even now. We've been sold, my people and I, to be destroyed, to be king and annihilated. Now, at this point, the queen was not making sense to Haman. And the king is wondering, not my queen. This won't happen to my... I like the response of the king because it's exactly what I would do. And you have to permit me to say this the way I love to say it. I will interpret myself later. Because I, I was preparing this in my head to have 
Minister Sam on my right hand as hammer when I was going to do this. And see, see what happened, see what happened. So, see what, this is really interesting. And so she said, I love this. He said, had we been sold as a male and female slaves, I would have held my tongue. Although the enemy could never compensate the king. You know, compensate the king. It's like she would be her objects. Do you understand that? So the king would be thinking, of course, <laughs> you know, by the time the, this queen is the king's favorite. And the king looked at Cassius on the right side. Okay, Hamad, sorry. Who is he? Where is he? Who would dare presume in their heart to do so? It's like looking at Hamad because Hamad was his right hand man. It's like, are you still sitting eating? Someone wants to kill my queen. You are eating my chicken. And this is the point. Watch it. And so the queen, the queen said in verse 6, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. This is the point where the chicken drops out of his mouth. And he puts down the glass of wine. Like, oh, oh. Don't tell me you are one of them. God is so full of humor and has battle strategies that you do not know. I'm taking you somewhere this morning. It's at this point that it dawned on Haman how God had hidden in plain sight the one that he never knew. You know the rest of the story. Another thing I see about this, the enemy can even smell your presence. He can suspect you are here, but he will not be able to touch you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the enemy may know it's somewhere around here. He may even see you, but he can't touch you. That's what is amazing about hide and seek. You could tell, I know you are here, but you can't see. Or you can't, I can feel it, I can't, but I can't touch you. That's what happened to Satan, when he was looking at Job, he was looking at Job. I'm going around, going around the whole world. I see Job there, but I can't touch him. There's someone under the sound of my voice this morning. The enemy is looking at you, but he can't touch you because you are covered by the glory. You are covered by the glory. The glory of the Lord is upon you, upon your house, upon your work, upon your business. In the name of Jesus. In 1 Samuel 23, 1 Samuel 23, we read about how David and his 600 men escaped last week. Let's join them from where they, they went and they hid. So in verse 13, we said, and they stayed in the strongholds of the wilderness and remained in the mountains of wilderness of sea. Saul sought him every day, but he did not deliver, God did not deliver him into his hand. So what we jump to verse 15. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. But look at verse 16. David couldn't find him, but Jonathan did. <laughs> Jonathan is right-hand man, his own son. 
Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. That's for you to know that when God hides you, he doesn't need to take you to heaven. Your enemy may know your postcode, but he will not be able to talk to you. <laughs> Receive it this morning in the name of Jesus. No matter the number that is going up or going down, he may enter the city, will not enter your household. In the name of Jesus. He went there to strengthen his hand. And then he said to him, do not fear. The hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. I leave that to somebody who can know how to pray that. The hand of Saul cannot find you. You expect to find with the, oh God, yeah, I'll leave that, I'll leave that. I'll leave that for now. And then he said to him, do not fear. For the hand of Saul, my father, cannot find you. You shall be king of Israel. And I shall be next to you. Even my father knows that. Verse 19. I'm jumping. Then the Ziphites came up and said to Saul, Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding with us in the strongholds of the woods and the hill of Hakila, which is on the south of Lich? They gave him the coordinates. They zeroed in into exactly where he was hiding. What else did they need to give to the king? With his 3,000 strong men. So now therefore the king, O king, please come down according to all your desire and finish your... me. So now, let's jump. Verse 24. So they arose and went to Ziv before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness at morn, in the plain of the south of exact location where they told the king. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David. Therefore, he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness. So what are you going to get in verse 26? Saul went on this side of the mountain. David was on that side of the mountain. Now imagine, Saul had 3,000 trained soldiers. David was there with his 400 men. They were not one person hiding. On this particular occasion, so Saul devised a method. So you're on this side and on that side. So they went on both sides. The Bible said as they encircled the mountain, they were about to get to David. And then a messenger. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. A messenger. Give me that verse, please. A messenger. A messenger, verse 27. But a messenger came to Saul, saying, hurry and come. The Lord will send a messenger to your enemy in the name of Jesus. He will give them an assignment to, to derail them. In the name of Jesus. A messenger came. They were about to get there and then they had to turn back. In the name of Jesus, a messenger will derail and divert the virus from your household, from your place of work. In the name of Jesus. The king went back. From pursuing David on that day, then that place was called the Rock of Escape. I don't know whether I have anyone here today who actually knows what it means to have a narrow escape. Is anyone in the house with the understanding of a narrow escape? Listen to me. An escape is an escape. 
A person who escaped it lives to tell the story. An escape could be like you went to the hospital. Listen to me. You thought you had a pain in this little place, and then they did a test, and then they discovered that, oh, oh, you need to come back for another thing that they located. It's an escape. You didn't know what's going to go on, but God opened up an angle, and that saved your life. An escape is to be able to detect something before it's time. An escape is to move away business before it crashed. Am I talking to somebody this morning? An escape is for God to prompt you at the nick of time. An escape. He said he moved away. They were diverted before they were spotted. An escape. If you have had an escape, you will know what I'm talking about this morning. From a lifetime injury. From rock, from, from losing the marriage. An escape. But then let me now get to this, to the cross of the matter this morning. What about Moses? Moses was born at a time that things were hard. In fact, the king had issued a decree to kill all Hebrew boys. So let's join Moses' story. Exodus chapter 2. The Bible says, And a man of the house of Levi said he went and took a wife. A daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. When she saw that he was beautiful, a beautiful child, so he hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, now that's the point. You must understand that there is a level where you can hide yourself. There is a level where you can depend on your human knowledge. You can depend on your organization. You can depend on your knowledge, on your training. That's, there's a room for that. There is a place in your life you I don't need God to do this. It was a time that all young people were being killed. Young children were being killed from birth. But the parents of Moses knew that there is a purpose for this child's life. So they were hiding him. My friend, there are many of us that we hide our business, ourselves. What do you mean hide? It means you operate by your own principles. You hide your, your, everything you do is based upon your own knowledge. I don't need God in this. I am smart enough to know what I'm doing. I don't need to pray. They hid him for three months until they could no longer hide him. It could be that the business grew. It could be that the responsibility grew. It could be that you were given a task much bigger than you can do. Now you realize, oh, I'm up here now, but my leg is dangling. Left God behind a long time ago. Are you that kind of person this morning? Have you been hiding your Moses without God? Listen, God can watch you and allow you to still be hiding. And then a point now came that they felt, wow, we can't do this anymore. Now we need God. Oh, we need to do something else. Look at the next thing that they did. Then they put this baby in Ark of Borosheets for him and dropped it uh, with asphalt and pitch. They put a child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. Even when you try to find a solution, you still put it in arm's way. Man's effort to protect himself. If you like, you can put all the barriers. Have security doubled. But it's still nothing like the defense of God. But except the Lord watch over the city. The one can just stay up in vain. You must understand that that's exactly what we're about to see in the story. Verse 5. The daughter of Pharaoh 
came down to birth at the river. And maidens walked along the riverside, and then they saw the ark among the reeds. Sent her made to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. Behold, the baby wept. And so she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Pharaoh's daughter knew what's going on in the city. Knew what her dad is doing, killing all the Hebrew babies. But God, at that point, took over what you have hiding. I want to know that this morning, God is going to make a switch. In the name of Jesus. Something is about to happen. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, which is another strange part, shall I go and call us nurse for you from among the Hebrew women? That she may nurse this child for you. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, please go, 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 go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me. I will give you God Almighty. <laughs> he ensured the one that is about to be killed, the one that is being looked for, was raised on Pharaoh's own roof with Pharaoh's own resources. I don't think you understand what I'll say this word. Who can hide like God? Hidden. Somebody shout hidden in plain sight. So here was Moses growing up in the palace. The Bible said, at this point, he was trained with all manners of training of Egypt. Moses was so intelligent. He was versatile. He was trained in all manners of war. Everybody really knew this is going to be the next prime minister. So God hid him over the years. He was hidden for how many years? Forty. Years. 40 years. The Lord hid him under Pharaoh's own roof. I prophesy over you. In the name of Jesus. No matter how long this evil is in the land, no matter how long this evil is across the space of this planet, the Lord will hide you. He will hide your children. He will hide your business. You are not going down. You are not going down in the name of Jesus. This time we blow over. At the time he became 40, Moses blew his own cover. You can be seated. He blew his own cover. Those who are hidden, they don't blow their own cover. What do you mean? It came into his heart that through him, and I'm just going to run now, God was going to deliver Israel. But God didn't tell him how he was going to do it. The same God who had been hiding you, why can't you seek him? What do I do? So he took laws into his hand. I know how to manage my business. Nobody should tell me about this. I know how to expand this business. I don't need God in this one. This is a big kill. I don't need anybody to tell me. The Bible said he went out. He saw an Egyptian that is fighting a Hebrew boy. He killed him. Because I'm going to be the deliverer. Then the second day, he saw two Hebrew people fighting. Oh, guys, don't fight your brothers. He had expected. <coughs> he had expected them to know that God was going to deliver them through his hand. He thought it's going to be. I'm so smart. This is where you have to understand that God is not worried about your wisdom. He gave it to you. But don't let your wisdom get in the way of God. <laughs> because he blew his own cover. Moses went to the school of shepherding for 40 more years. 
40 years. It wasn't meant to be. But because he blew his cover. So let's fast forward. You know the rest of that story. And come to our text today. There is something that David knew that Moses did not know. And that's what I want to share with you today. Because David also almost blew his own cover. But because of what he knew, God saved him. There are five things I want to leave with you this morning. Five things. Go back to the passage that we read. In 1 Samuel 24. 1 Samuel 24. I want to show you a few things. The Bible said the men of David said to him from verse 4. They said to him, this is the day. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord said concerning you. Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand. Amen. Into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. That makes a Pentecostal prayer. It makes sense. Except that God didn't say that. Now this is where you have to be careful, for example, if you are leading prayer or you are praying yourself. You have to be careful what to quote in the Bible. Because that sounds like a good thing to quote and to use for prayer points. Except you can't find that reference. So David arose and secretly cut off the corner of his robe. Because I've read this, let me read another scripture, very interesting. I now match the two points. 1 Samuel 26. 1 Samuel 26 from verse 7. So you have seen how he cut the robe of Saul in one day. The same scene presents itself in a different context. Now in, verse 20, in chapter 26, verse 7. At this point, Saul was sleeping. So the first one, he went to ease himself. The second one, he was sleeping because he got tired. Wicked people. After he's been searching and searching, he became weary with his wicked team. So they were sleeping. In verse 7, David and Abishai came to the people by night. So they came in the night. David sneaked to the camp. You have to realize that David was their commander before. He knew, the, he knew their layout. Came to the people by night and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp. And his spear stuck to the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay all around him. Because Saul was a man who had security problem. Insecurity problem rather. And so he couldn't even be allowed to be left alone. So people slept all around him. Then Abishai said to David, Abishai is David's handman. Oh, God has delivered your enemy to your hand this day. This is the second time they are telling him that. Now therefore, please. I know you don't want blood in your hand. Leave it with me. I will finish him today. Let me strike him once. I won't need to strike him a second time. Because I realized the last time we gave you the honor, you only cut his robe. Watch what happened. Verse 9. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. For who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? I want to please th think about this. The word is guiltless. May God give you a heart that can still sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, many people in church don't understand this. When that God gave you conscience to make you think, wow, what I've done is wrong. And repent. You can't stretch your hands against the anointed and be guiltless. Verse 10, David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him. Or his day come to die. Oh, I love this scripture. He shall strike him or his day shall come to die or he shall go to the battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But please, take now his spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let's go. David did something there to let the king know I have been here. Oh, I love the story. <laughs> Those who are hidden, don't blow their own cover. I wish I could really, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to help me interpret this message to you. Now five things I want to leave with you. Five things. Number one. David displayed his unflinching confidence in God as the covering of his head from the beginning. He displayed his confidence in God from the beginning to the end. The only reason why you will not blow your own cover is to always remember he's your covering. He's the covering of your head in the day of your battle. From beginning to the end. He displayed it. David made it clear. It's not me who has been protecting myself. It is not my smartness. It's not my, because I am so smart, I am so good that this business is standing. It's not because I was the best in school. That's why I graduated at the top of my class. No, God has placed me here for a reason. When Mordecai told Esther, don't reveal your identity yet. Esther never forgot that I didn't get to this position by myself. You must understand the secret of not blowing your cover is remember who put you here. <laughs> David had opportunities. He's a human being. He could have done anything else. But he never doubted the protection of God who put him in that place. Who shielded him and his 600 men as they went from place to place. Number two, because of my time. David didn't assume any right or privilege. He didn't assume any right. Do you know why we blow our own cover? We always feel, it's my sweat. It's my work. It's my own effort now. I'm entitled to my own thing now. He didn't assume any effort. He didn't assume any privilege after I've been anointed too. See, I was anointed in the presence of my friends and my family members. No. David didn't come up with the fact that I'm also a king, though a king in the cave. The reason why many of us blow our cover, we begin to think we too, we are somebody. We are somebody. Me too, I can do it. Ah, in this house, I will show you too. Be careful. Be careful. Don't blow your cover. God will place you in that company. Who placed him in that position? He has a reason for doing so. And don't forget that reason is bigger than you. Always bigger than you. Always bigger than you. Number three. Forgive me, I'm running. You have to work on this at your home church. 
I don't want to encourage everybody, please go to the home church this week. You can open this up better. He obeyed and honored God, even in little things. He obeyed and honored God, even in little things. What do you mean, pastor? You know, David caught the little corner of the king's robe, and his heart smote him. His heart. I mean, caught the corner of the robe, and you are feeling guilty. Ah, even that little thing I did, I feel so, ah, God forgive me. Lord, why did I do that? Lord, forgive me. In little things, do you obey God in little things, my friends? In little things. You know why little things are important? Because it is those little forces that actually will break your bar. They are the ones. If you begin to pile up the little things and you ignore them, you won't even know when the big things means nothing else to you. Little things, how you honor or you dishonor. Little things, how you look at people in authority. Little things, how you feel God. I don't need to ask God about this. Little things. It should have been dismissed that he cut the he just cut the robe. I mean, that's just a robe he cut. But the Bible said his heart smote him. His heart smote him. Think about David. Honor was the most important thing to David. He honored God even in little things. Little things. Teach your children. In little gifts that they are giving, teach them to learn to give. Little things. And may they be children that will take to teaching. Little things. Little things, oh my goodness. Little things about saying sorry. Little things about you're running late for a meeting. And learning to say, sorry, I'm running late. How you actually use other people's time. Little things. That's the way you honor the protect. Because you see, the covering we are talking about, those who are hidden, it's, it's not a visible protection. That's why it's amazing. The same place other people are picking some trouble. You are passing through the same place. That's why it's so funny. That's why you need to understand these principles are important. Life operates on keys and principles. Little things. When everybody's running something down, don't put your mouth to it. Number four, he maintained integrity by respecting soul. Saul didn't deserve it. We all know that. But he maintained integrity by respecting Saul. He still called him his master. Called him his father. Yeah. Called him his master, his father. I feel sorry about many people. How they break their own cover. How they break their cover. Because they think now I'm a big boy. Really? <laughs> Big boy. Never had a mentor or a pastor over me that I am not one and two with them till now. Till now. Not one. A mentor or a pastor that I'm not in close chatting contact and I can't see them and be a big boy. Before them, never. Ah, 
If I see any of my mentor or my pastor, I am on the floor. That's me. On the floor. He maintained integrity and respect. David said it clearly. He said, who am I? To stretch my hand against the anointed of God. Who am I? That man may be wrong. That woman may be wrong, but you didn't call them. Are you following me now? You didn't choose them. You didn't call them. Be careful which gathering you put yourself into. Because when they are, listen, when their danger will come, it will take you with them. That's what happened to Saul. That's what happened to Saul. Jonathan had everything right, but he was in the wrong camp. It's my right. I know what I'm doing. It's my right. Keep on fighting rights. Because the, the protection is not a visible thing. Those who are heeding, they don't blow their own cover. The devil can try you, but if you don't blow it, it will fail. Do you understand the difference? The devil can try you anyhow, but if it is not you helping the devil, God will still keep you. The danger is when you blow it yourself. Let me give us the last one. He was patient for God's timing. He knew that this danger would blow over. He was patient. David was patient. He said, you know what? I know we may have to stay longer in this wilderness. But I'm going to leave him to God. One day, God will fix him. Either he will go to the battle, he won't come back. Or he will go old, he won't. I mean, who are you, David? Get real. We want to go to the palace. I will say, no, I am ready to wait for God's timing. It's in future you will understand what is going on at this stage. Because a man who will stay long, it is what you're building at the beginning. Everything you are learning about David, you're going to find out that this is the reason for longevity in his life and in his ministry. And the reason why many people just come like meteors, rise up, fume, and then they disappear. They lost these principles. This is the reason. Many people feel I know what I'm doing. And it's looking good. Really? Something that you can't explain just happened. Because the scripture cannot be broken. He said, he who breaks the hedge. Are you listening to this? But I want to close on a prayer with you. That in any way, in any area, where we may have blown our hiding place, may God have mercy. May God's grace come upon us this morning for protection. Because when Moses blew it, Moses found it again. Are you listening to me now? When Moses blew it, God still called him out. And he gave him double power. This morning, go ahead and rise up on your feet at home. Wherever you are and say, Lord, this morning I pray. In the name of Jesus, any area, any way where I may have blown my hiding place, let mercy, let mercy speak for me. Let the blood of Jesus cover me. Have mercy on me, O oh God. I call upon your name today. Have mercy, Lord Jesus. Go ahead and ask for the mercy of the Lord. I want to give you just a minute to talk to God. This is very important. If any area, and I guarantee you, in little things, many of us may have failed God. In some things, little things, big things, this morning, say to God, Lord, forgive me.
Lord, forgive me. Lord, I commit myself to you. This morning, oh God, have mercy on me. Let there be the shield of God. Let there be the covering of God that never misses his power and his potency. Let it be alive in my life in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless